This is Beyond the Bell Tower, where an elite group of North Carolina State University students give us a behind-the-scenes look at their steps to success in attaining even the loftiest goals. These students, who are in the top 10% in the country, are active in student support services at NC State. These students are low-income and first-generation NC State students. Nationally, this population has a 10% graduation rate. NC State students have a graduation rate over 90% and go on to become doctors, dentists, accountants, engineers. They work at Google, Apple, and the NCAA. Some have even earned PhDs at Ivy League colleges. These students go well beyond the bell tower to attain their imminent goals. What's going on, everybody? This is Josh Wright, your host of Beyond the Bell Tower, Season 6, Episode 6. And we're back in person today with none other than Mr. Timothy Reed. So, Timothy, go ahead and tell them a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so my name is Timothy Reed. I'm currently a junior at NC State University studying business finance and minoring in political science. Outside of that, I serve as student body vice president as well. All right. Well, Timothy, we're excited to have you. Thank you for coming on the show, and we're looking forward to this conversation. For sure. Um, So let's get right into it. Can you start off? just by telling us a little bit about yourself. You've already told us your major, but about uh, where you're from and your upbringing a little bit, what brought you to NC State? Yeah, definitely. So I I moved around a lot like the first couple years of my life. Uh, My dad was in the Navy. So um, I was born in Chicago, right outside of Chicago, um, because he was stationed in Great Lakes. Mm -hmm. Um, From there, we moved to uh, Wisconsin, Pleasant Prairie, um, like right outside of Kenosha. Mm -hmm. Um, From there, like, right outside of Baltimore. And then we moved to North Carolina, which is where I've been like since I was two. Okay. Um, so, you know, I wasn't born here, but you know, definitely claim North Carolina. Yeah. Um, and, you know, like I love the state. I grew up right outside of Charlotte, Lake Norman area. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, I had a great upbringing. Um, definitely uh, my family, my parents um, primarily instilled in me a lot of values, um, you know, that sustained me and carry me to this day and you know that values faith on um, those things mm-hmm. serve as my north star yeah. and um so i've seen like that direct uh line really run through like all stages of my life and that's something i really appreciate i have two younger brothers um one his name is parker he's 18 two years younger than me and then shout the other one <laughs> <laughs> shout out and then uh, my youngest brother is davis He's 10 years younger than me, so he's uh, okay. 10 and in fourth grade. So you're the oldest brother. Yeah, oldest brother. You feel a little bit of sense of responsibility? A little bit, those, yeah. a little bit, yeah. So you mentioned <laughs> you, you moved here to North Carolina mm-hmm. when you were two. Mm-hmm. So do you remember anything about Chicago or Wisconsin, or were you too young? No, I was too young. Um, we've, like, gone back to visit some of those places, okay. so it's definitely, you know, cool seeing, like, old pictures and everything and then being mm-hmm. able to, like, hold them up to, like... Um, you know, see the place in person, yeah. is, I think it's pretty cool, but I can't really remember anything. Okay. I can remember, like, the first house we lived in in North Carolina, mm-hmm. which is, like, when I was two, but can't yeah. remember anything prior to. Yeah, that's, that's so. similar to me. I've, I've been in North Carolina my whole life. Yeah. But um, I can remember four to now, but mm. anything before the year or age of four, I can't, I can't yeah. go back on it. Yeah, hard um, stop. So, why NC State? Mm-hmm. Honestly... Um, just the wide array of opportunities and resources that are offered to me here. Mm -hmm. Um, Particularly, I'm fortunate enough to be a part of the Park Scholarship Program, Mm -hmm. um, which I interviewed for, gosh, like three years, which Mm -hmm. is crazy to believe. 
Um, I feel like COVID has just like warped everyone's sense of time. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's offered a lot of great resources. Honestly, even prior to interviewing for that, I remember my first time ever coming to NC State was my junior year of high school. Mm -hmm. um, and we were, I think it was over spring break and we were going to Wilmington. Um, so we were like, we have to drive through Raleigh. Um, we're applying to colleges. We might as well stop by and visit state. Yeah. So I was like, not really thinking it was going to be much, not thinking that I was going to be that impressed. Yeah. Um, and like, I was blown away. I think just right off the bat, like the atmosphere, mm -hmm. um, and at all the people that I met, particularly the students that I talked to, um, everyone was super welcoming, super inviting, um, and really just genuine, like wanting to get to know you for who you mm -hmm. are. And then just in terms of the atmosphere, I really appreciated how there seemed to be a good balance be between, um, of course, you're here to pursue your degree and um, your course of study. But yeah. then also, um, I think NC State does a good job at focusing on how are we going to develop you outside of that, you know, professionally, personally, um, more in like a holistic kind of manner. So, yeah. And I see yeah. that all throughout NC State, just yeah. by the different career fairs we have the tabling and all of that, it's, it's really um, focused on making sure the students have what they need after their, you know, mm -hmm. undergraduate degree, right. pretty much. And I, I definitely see that. Yeah. Um, based off of how you described your touring experience here, mm -hmm. it had to have been before COVID, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. So uh, he came in <laughs> 2020 as a freshman. So can you talk about a little bit your experience starting college, you know, from home? Yeah, it was definitely a weird experience. And I think there's, you know, something unique about my class, you know, particularly because we're the only class, you know, mm -hmm. high school graduating class yeah. of 2020 to graduate in a pandemic and start um, college yeah. completely in a pandemic. So that was just an interesting experience all around, as you noted. Um, yeah. My only familiarity with NC State had been like, pre-COVID, like everything mm -hmm. was opened up, just that normal experience. So I remember there was like a lot of uncertainty, like that summer of 2020, like, are we gonna actually be able to go? Mm -hmm. Like what are classes gonna look like? Um, so we got to campus, mm -hmm. um, like August, 2020. So you did move in? Yes, August? I did okay. move in. Right. I was, uh, I lived in Bagwell, right. uh, shout out Quad. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, third floor Bagwell. Um, moved in roommate and everything like i connected with my roommate like probably a month or so beforehand on instagram so i was really looking forward to it um like the first two or three weeks however long we were there was a movie mm -hmm. um and then like i remember this so vividly because like unc mm -hmm. probably like a week before we got sent home mm -hmm. um they got sent home and like we right. were all over at nc state laughing about it yeah. <laughs> and i was like teasing yeah, my friends we didn't know we were next yeah right. and we were literally next so um so it was it was about two and a half three weeks because i mm -hmm. was staying in um wolf village yeah and that was my first semester at nc state too yeah. and um yeah that was tough i was enjoying it i had one in-person class and then everything else was online but mm. um of course we had already transitioned to the online format the semester before mm. because of COVID, so it yeah. wasn't too bad of a transition but it was disappointing for sure yeah Definitely. Um, so let's get into student government a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, as Timothy mentioned, he is a part of student government. Is there any part of your academic career that inspired you to be a part of student government, you know, coming into college? Mm. That's a really good question. Um, 
I'll, it's going to be like two part. Mm -hmm. So yeah. this is kind of like a good segue from your last question. Mm -hmm. But um, I was like really involved in student government, like all throughout high school, like I did at middle school, high school. I didn't really have any intention of getting involved. I was like, oh, that's cool. Like I see what they're doing. Um, I don't think it's for me personally because I thought it would, you know, be a replica of what high school was. Yeah. Um, like three, yeah, three years later almost on the other side of that, I can say that that's completely like false. Yeah. Um, but my first exposure really to student government was like those first few weeks that we were on campus. And I think what sparked my interest in terms of getting involved was seeing the real tangible like hands-on advocacy that they were um, doing for students in the midst of COVID because, you know, everyone was, you know, scared to a certain extent. Um, there was a lot of uncertainty. People didn't know mm -hmm. what to expect. Um, and so I just remember, like, seeing Instagram, um, like, people were posting resolutions, university administration, um, you know, engaging in these discussions. Um, and I thought that was a really cool thing to be a part of. To answer, like, the second part of your question, um, I do have a minor in political science, so that in some ways, I guess, can kind of connect mm -hmm. to student government. Um, I've always been interested in like policy and, and government and things of that nature. So I think that does lend itself well to me, you know, being involved in student government. I think that is an interest that I have. So, mm -hmm. yeah. So a student body vice president, what are some things that you actually do? Yeah. So the role of the student body vice president is basically to serve as the executor of the executive branch. Mm -hmm. Of course, doing that alongside the student body president, but the student body president role is um, more external facing in the fact okay. that um, they're the direct li liaison between university administration and the student body. So a lot of that work is outward facing, whereas the vice president is responsible for managing and overseeing the internal affairs okay. of the executive branch. So on um, the composition of the executive branch, it's made up of nine um, different executive departments and they kind of range across all different areas of student involvement. So um, university affairs, government affairs, communications, equity and accessibility, like just to name a few. So there's like always a lot going on and it's very action oriented, which I love. Um, okay. So of course the student body president and vice president run on a platform every spring and the executive cabinet you know, via the departments are largely the ones like you know on the ground implementing these projects initiatives mm -hmm. and the vision for student government as a whole okay so, cool yeah. so the student body president they pick their running mate how do they mm -hmm. pick that person is it someone that they know or do you mm -hmm. have to you know kind of express your interest yeah. to someone who's running for student body president yeah how does that work well yeah that's a good question i don't think there is like a one-size fits all. Yeah. I mean, just from people that I've talked to specifically, like um, within that NC State student mm -hmm. government uh, sphere, um, I've seen it like go both ways. Some people, um, they choose a good friend to run with. Because that's what high school was like. Yeah, that's yeah. what high school was <laughs> <Yeah>. like. <laughs> it yeah, was. One of my best friends, he was student body president. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so it can work that way. It can also, you know, you choose someone who you don't necessarily know as well, but mm -hmm. you invest into that relationship and mm -hmm. it's someone who maybe complements you more and like helps to balance you out, which I also think is something important to consider. So I think it can go either way. Yeah. yeah. So with that, you're pretty much running as a team. Once they choose their yes. running mate, it's the two of you. 100%. Pretty much. What, yeah. what do you think was the most difficult part of mm. running for, you know, the president's career? Mm. Most difficult part? That's a good question. I would say... 
probably time management okay is what i would say just because there are like so many working pieces you have to worry about so many different things having um, everything in line by like this exact date to meet this deadline so that you don't fall behind on like right. the things in like a second or third stage that you have to right. take care of um so really just you have to be intentional about how you're spending your time and um making sure that you're using it in the most effective way okay. possible. So was there anyone to give you any advice when you mm-hmm. and uh, you were running for, you know, the president's, you and the president, did you guys look up to anyone that served the role previously? Mm-hmm. How did you all go about that? Yeah, definitely. So I have a lot of role models all across campus. Um, a few that I definitely want to mention in particular. Um, one, Brandon Stafford, he actually crossed through my fraternity, Ada Omicron chapter of Alpha Phi Alpha. Um, a few years before I did, but he served as the first black student body vice president. Okay. And so obviously for me serving in that role currently, um, it was just great because I've known him since my freshman year. I'm a junior now. <clears throat> and he's just been able to give a lot of great insight um, and really just good advice to really keep me centered because, you know, I think he noticed something in me and he really um, nurtured a seed in me like from an early age because he knew I was interested in student government. Of course, like I didn't have any concrete plan to you know, go for student body vice president or right. anything like that. But um, that advice was huge. Like now I'm the third uh, black student body vice president. So That's it's really great. cool to see that. That's really um, awesome. Yeah. One of my mentors on campus, Dr. Canton Reynolds. Um, yeah, yeah you know, know Dr. Reynolds. I yeah. took um, <laughs> uh, leadership in African-American communities. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He, he, telling me all the time about that class yeah yeah, it's a uh, good class. yeah but i mean you may know this um because i know he doesn't like to brag about himself but mm-hmm. sometimes he'll mention it he was the first uh, black student body chief justice okay. at nc state he might have so. mentioned that in class but i don't remember but that's yeah yeah he might have mentioned that but that's really good either way yeah, yeah. it's back in the 90s um he also crossed through alpha um so yeah. just like I a lot that. of i did know that yeah yeah a lot of really great people to look up to um Melanie Flowers, who's mm-hmm. our first black woman student body president. She's been great. And We've had her on the show. Oh, really? Yeah, it was some years ago. We've oh, had her on the show, that. yeah. Okay, that's what's up. Yeah. yeah, so shout out Melanie, too. Yeah. <laughs> um, so in what way has this role helped you to build, you know, those types of relationships and connections with other people? You talked about the one that you have with Stafford. Mm-hmm. Um, can you talk about how it's made connections, even maybe possibly outside of NC State? Yeah, definitely. Um, well... I think one thing, especially in this role, but really, I think in any role of like higher level leadership, you need to prioritize relationships mm-hmm. um, because it just makes things flow so much more smoothly. Um, and I feel like that is really the foundational element upon which to build everything else, especially when you're um, like in my case, leading the executive cabinet. There are like a lot of people um, that I'm responsible for and within each of the departments. Um, a lot of initiatives and everything that I'm responsible for. So it just works a lot better when we're on the same page in terms of communication mm-hmm. and just, um, you know, knowing how to connect with each other. Mm-hmm. So. so you mentioned that this isn't your first role within student government. Um, you recently served, was it last year, as a senator mm-hmm. in student government? Can you talk about what that role was and what that was like? Yeah, definitely. So I actually served two terms as a student senator. Okay. Um, I got involved my first uh, semester here at NC State as a first-year student senator. I ran for elections. And then I ran for a, a student senate seat representing the Pool College of Management. 
So the Student Senate, if you're not familiar with it, it's a 72 member body, mm -hmm. um, but that is basically gives students the opportunities to run for, um, the opportunity to represent their uh, peers in their respective colleges. So there's a delegation for each college and um, you're responsible for advocating um, for the issues that matter to the students in those colleges. Um, so that's great, um, just being able to work on legislation, establish like the official opinion of the Student Senate on important university matters. I know in the 100th session, which was my first session of student government, there was a lot around like um, student well-being, mm -hmm. obviously COVID, mm -hmm. and just making sure that students had like the resources necessary to um, successfully navigate academics and classes, things yeah. of that nature. Um, largely that carried through the 101st session as well, which was last session. And then um, this session obviously has been big about mental health and connecting students to resources but really um, making sure that students know what resources are available to them and more importantly, what the university administration is doing to address um, the crises on yeah. campus. Yeah. So. so you mentioned the mental health mm -hmm. that's going on around NC State and we'll get back to that um, here in a couple of questions. Actually, we'll talk a little bit about it, but what advice would you give current students who are wanting to get involved with you know, student government? Mm -hmm. How can they play a role um, how can they express their interest even if they're not a part of it yet? Yeah, definitely. I mean, there are always plenty of ways to get involved. Um, elections happen for first years in the fall and then for everybody else in the spring. So you can always run for a seat. I always like to plug the executive branch. Um, you don't have to run for anything to mm -hmm. become a member of the executive branch. Okay. It's literally just a quick onboarding process. It takes like 30 minutes, but we can get you involved literally like the day of or the next day in you know initiatives and projects that are having a tangible impact all across campus and um, whose results are actually going to be felt by students um, my advice to anyone looking to get involved is just don't be afraid to reach out um, you know that's how i did it i saw something i was interested in and i went to the website and said right. you know, went to the instagram and said how do i get involved mm -hmm. um, and obviously that along with you know connections and relationships um, that I've been fortunate enough to be able to take part in over the past few years have gotten me here. Yeah. But that's just an example, like, don't be afraid to um, take the first step mm -hmm. and just put yourself out there. Because that's, that's it'll pay off. Yeah, that's, that's really helpful. Mm -hmm. um, is there a way for students to get involved with the initiatives, initiatives that you all have without actually being a part of student government? Yeah, so there are actually, and it usually like varies from session to session, mm -hmm. but there are different ways for students to get involved. Um, usually there is a select department or two that the student body president establishes uh, for the duration of the session that um, pertains to, you know, a certain issue of student significance or yeah. student re relevance. Um, for example, you know, there's one, this session on um, select Department on Mental Health Intervention, really just looking at recommendations and policies um, from other institutions who've dealt with similar crises and seeing what can we bring to NC State to help bring some measure of relief to students. Um, I actually share a select department. It's the select department on uh, university police relations, but that's like liaisoning between the student body and the university police department, mm -hmm. emergency management and mission continuity, um, to say like what campus safety measures are in place that deals directly with um, wolf alerts, mm -hmm. like the UPD's website, um, all of those things. Um, there's a select department on Title IX right now. Mm -hmm. There was recently um, 
a change in federal implementation of the legislation that affects um, universities directly at our level. So those are not just internal to SG, they're open to um, any member of the student body as established in the charge by the student body president, but those are mm -hmm. great ways to get involved because we have a lot of non-SG folks um, involved gotcha. in those select departments. Yeah. Okay, cool. I didn't realize you had that such connect um, contact with, you know, the departments like the police, de NC State de yeah. Police Department and things. That's really cool. Yeah. And um, that definitely serves a big role of NC State's campus as big as it is in mm -hmm. terms of, you know, ensuring safety and things like that. Definitely. So, um, I'm glad you mentioned that. Mm -hmm. um, as you mentioned before, we are in the middle of a crisis at NC State in terms of the mental health with, within the student body. Um, unfortunately, we've had eight deaths this school year, uh, five of them being suicides, uh, which is really unfortunate um, and um, kind of unheard of here at NC State, unfortunately. And um, so I'm wondering, you know, what is the student body's response to the tragedies we've seen at, you know, here at NC State regarding the mental health? Yeah, definitely. I, it's been a tough semester mm -hmm. to say the least, I think for all of us, not only this semester, but last semester. Mm -hmm. um, I think students are feeling overwhelmed, mm -hmm. you know, especially given that we're not too far off the heels of COVID. And I still think there are a lot of raw, unprocessed emotions and feelings um, that people haven't really had the chance to deal with and then you just take something of this nature and you pile it right on top. Um, I think students are um, really feeling it like overwhelmed. Yeah. Like I said, I think students are looking for answers. And I think over the course of, you know, the past couple months, we've been able to find more answers, which has been good. But, you know, expediency is the top priority right now because students need relief. They want relief. Um, and, you know, we just can't keep going at the rate that we're going. So, um, you know, it's definitely been felt in student government at the student leadership level. Um, you know, we're students just like yeah. everybody else. Yeah. And so um, that's definitely been something that's been felt in, um, I think, in large part, us, you know, being the liaison between administration and students, but also being students gives us a unique perspective to come from. Um, especially when we're, you know, dealing with the implementation of recommendations. Like we um, meet with Dr. Danica Scott, who's the mm -hmm. head of DASA pretty regularly. And um, she's the one that established the Student Mental Health uh, okay. Task Force. Yeah. Um, so like when we're en engaging in conversations like that, um, I really do think that we bring the student perspective from that regard because, um, you know, we feel it just as okay. much. So um, within the Student Men Mental Health Task Force, you all meet regularly? Are you a part of it? I'm not a part okay. of it. And okay. so it's we'll also, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, cool. yeah, it's also important to differentiate between the university like DASA level yeah. student mental health task force okay. um, because student government also has its own okay. select department on mental health intervention, which has also been like doing research and looking at recommendations and gotcha. best practices and things. So, um, okay. yeah. So the mental health side of things at NC State, we're praying, we're hoping that things get better. Eventually, over time, um, students finding resources for things like that as well. So in a little bit of a lighter mood, Timothy announced today that he is running for student body president for next school year. So congratulations Thank you. to you on that, Timothy. Um, we wish you the best. And we're kind of interested in knowing um, what are some initiatives that you um, plan on, you know, highlighting 
while you're campaigning. And uh, go ahead and mention who you're running with as well. Yeah, definitely. So you're right. We literally, uh, what is it, like 4 o'clock, 5 o'clock? Mm-hmm. So um, campaigning started at midnight. So you know, mm-hmm. we were out putting out signs and everything. So okay. <laughs> it's been a long, long, continuous day. But um, yeah, it's definitely exciting. I'm excited to be running for this position along with my running mate, Allison Marquert who's a second year student senator from the College of Natural Resources. But we are running on a campaign and a platform of holistic student wellness and really just connecting students to the resources that they need to you know, achieve their you know, version of success here at NC State, really maximize their potential. So we're really running on a platform of one, just fostering more of a, a spirit of community on campus mm-hmm. because you know I think especially given the mental health crises we've been going through that is something that is missing and students don't feel that connection with each other Um, easing academic stressors connecting students to resources whether that's the implementation of you know new resources new hubs for students to utilize or just the increased publicization of you know existing resources that we already have access to that students don't know about Um, i think those are equally important as well as just you know increasing um, the overall quality of the student experience. So those are kind of like high-level platform items, and yeah. I just plug my platform, <laughs> yeah. readmarkert.org. But um, one initiative I'm particularly excited about is um, the creation of a st- co-student mentoring program. Okay. So it's social in nature. It's not an academic mentoring program, but it exists purely to form relationships and bonds from student to student. Mm-hmm. So there will be an emphasis on connecting underclassmen to upperclassmen so like um, first year and transfer students people who have you know been here a while kind of know the lay of the land and you know know have learned um, how to navigate certain situations and just campus in general Um, we really think that that'll be huge just in fostering more of a connection between the student body um, and students individually because um, you know that's important and that can be one of the um, biggest mitigators in terms of uh, mental health illness so just that student-to-student connection there are a lot of other things that we're excited about but we'll look forward to over the course of the next week and a half um, connecting with the student body and um, really talking across a range of issues yeah well we wish you the best Um, I think that's essential what you mentioned about the student-to-student relationship Mm -hmm. and how it's more of a social thing it's not just an academic stance because you know that transition to college you know, it can be more than just academics. Right. And so having that, you know, um, underclassmen to upperclassmen relationship being installed can really help um, a lot of people, I think. Definitely. So we wish you the best with that. Could you Thank say you. the website again? Yes. Yeah. It is readmarkert.org. Okay. And we're also readmarkert on Instagram. And okay. so um, R-E-I-D-M-A-R-K-E-R-T. All right. Sounds good. There you have it, folks. So now we'll get into a little bit of what Timothy mentioned earlier and him being a Park Scholar. So could you tell everyone what it means to be a Park Scholar um, and the, the benefits that come with it? Yeah, definitely. So the Park Scholarship is a full merit scholarship at NC State that is offered to students on the basis of scholarship, leadership, service, and character, and your potential to go out and excel in those fields, You know, not only during your time at NC State, but post your time at NC State. Mm-hmm. So um, not only is it a scholarship, but it is professional, um, personal development as well. So for example, we have to participate in civic engagement initiatives where that is basically where we identify a need in the community. 
um, whether it be on NC State's campus or in the broader Raleigh, Durham area. Um, and that is basically us coming alongside. It could be a nonprofit or a business, basically helping them to improve, you know, in some way. Um, so that's one example. We do uh, two learning labs. Um, learning lab one is uh, state focused, but we essentially stay in state and we observe issues that are affecting North Carolinians at the local level. So, you know, my freshman year is when we did Learning Lab 1, we looked at health and education um, disparities in the state of North Carolina. Um, Learning Lab 2 is usually, you know, typically you'll go up to Washington, D.C. and look at national issues, mm -hmm. um, you know, meeting with Congress, men and women, um, your representatives, um, and just learning about things at that level. Um, I didn't get to participate in that um, in person, obviously, due to COVID. Oh, okay. um, that was virtual. But so when did I mean, that take place? Like that took place. Um, it was either my second semester freshman year or my first semester sophomore okay. year. I want to say it was my second semester freshman year. Okay. But um, I mean, just tons of great opportunities like that. Um, Park alumni are really good about giving back and you know reaching back, helping us whenever um, there is a need or whenever there's something they can do. Um, and so, yeah, it's just a, a great program. And um, there's a leadership development aspect as well. Um, as a part of the program, we go through the leadership development program um, through NC State, which you're probably familiar mm -hmm. with. But then there are also like individual components that we complete within the Park Scholars Program mm -hmm. that really just help to complement all the other pillars that uh, mm -hmm. we are trying to excel in throughout yeah. the course of our time at NC State. Yeah, well, that's great, man. Congratulations Thank to you again. Um, can you talk about the application process for that? I, I, I imagine that, you know, it was pretty strenuous and, you know, what are some things that you did as a high school that kind of set yourself mm -hmm. apart so mm -hmm. you could, you know, receive such an award or scholarship like that? Yeah, that's a good question. Yeah. Um, so I'll first go into the application process. Um, so it is a months long application process. Mm -hmm. You can apply in the fall and the deadline is in on November 1st, so like mm -hmm. right at the end of October, um, beginning of November. And, you know, so you'll apply. It's similar to applying to NC State, except Park has its own specific essay prompts. You'll need to get recommenders, uh, things of that nature, your usual application process. Mm -hmm. And then you either advance or you don't advance yeah. to the semifinalist stage, yeah. which uh, takes place in the form of an interview. And so that usually happens early January, but mm -hmm. there's an interview, it's behavioral. Um, and then, you know, coming from that, you either don't advance or you advance to the finalist stage, which is a whole weekend where you come to NC State. And that usually takes place in late February. Um, actually, last weekend, I just got done mm -hmm. volunteering at Park Finalist Weekend for the class of 2027 which is crazy, crazy Wait, to think about. 2027? 2027. They do it that far ahead? Yeah, well, it's just for this incoming class of freshmen. So the oh, current high school seniors. Oh, okay, so when they graduate college, they'll yeah. be class of 20, okay. Yeah, gotcha. they'll be NC State class okay. of 2027. I thought you meant high school. Yeah. Class. I'm like, wait, whoa. <laughs> like, okay. that would be insane. Are they in high school no. yet? No, no. They probably, they probably. Anyways. I don't um, know. Yeah. Oh, that's mad. Yeah, but that's, that's quite the process. Mm -hmm. um, can you talk about what, it's done for you being a park scholar has done mm -hmm. for you in terms of your academic development and your career goals in the future because mm. you've talked about a leadership development aspect as well right but what, what what would you say has done for you academically yeah definitely um academically and professionally it's um 
you know, dunk strides for me. Like I think I'm leaps and bounds, uh, probably ahead of where I might otherwise be. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a lot of emphasis in the program placed on specifically like planning ahead for the future and really reaching out to people, networking, but really just like forming connections, forming relationships with people. Um, and you know, you never know the, where those things might take you. And right. um, the Park Scholarships Program, um, our director likes to say undiscovered luck, like you never know um, what relationship that you have with someone, like where that might take you. Um, so obviously not investing in relationships or connections solely for like <laughs> your um, future um, yeah. advantage, but that's something that you should be doing anyways. Mm-hmm. And I think that as a byproduct, there are like a lot of great connections um, that I've formed, opportunities that I've gotten to partake in. And so I would say really just that piece, being a forward thinker and being able to say, you know, like where do you envision yourself in five years, 10 years, like 15 years, it's never too early to start planning. So honestly, like the earlier, the better. Yeah. And just being proactive, I would say, in your approach to academics yeah. and both like your, your personal endeavors and professional okay. endeavors. Great, great. So that planning aspect sounds really helpful too. Planning yeah. for the future right. instead of just thinking about now. Um, the model here at NC State is think and do. So what would you say um, is one thing a park scholarship has taught you or being a park scholar has taught you um, in how you would define think and do? Mm. Mm. And take your time with that. No, that's a, that's a good, good question. Yeah. <laughs> Making good. me think. Um, one thing that park has taught me Um, I would say, and this has been honestly one of the greatest things that I've gotten from the program, is that nothing is too far out of reach for you to strive for. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we all have goals, we all have ambitions, uh, we all have, like, things that we'd like to accomplish in our lives, and some of those things seem beyond reach or, you know, unrealistic. Um, Park has taught me never to, like, take that mindset. If you have a goal... If you have something you want to achieve you should go after it regardless of how far away it seems or how you know big of obstacles you might have to overcome um, I think I've learned that things are usually um, closer within reach than you think mm-hmm. that they are and you literally just have to like take one put one foot and put it in front of the other in mm-hmm. front of the other in front of the other um, and then you'll realize it's a lot closer than okay. you know whatever it is yeah so just to I would say be bold. So there you go, everyone. That's how you become a Park Scholar. So now we want to get into a little bit about Timothy's fraternity life. He is a member of Ada Omicron chapter of Alpha Phi Alpha Fraternity Incorporated. And so um, when did you pledge? When did you yeah, pledge? Spring 2021. Spring 2021. So he's, a, he's an alpha. Um, when would you say you became interested in pledging? Uh, I would say... It actually began my senior year, like later in my senior year of high school, Mm -hmm. that I was interested Mm -hmm. in in the organization. Okay. Was there someone that you looked up to, you know, that was maybe an alpha Mm -hmm. that you were like, okay, that seems really cool. I want to be a part of that. Or is it something that you got to NC State and realized? Yeah. Good question. It was a little bit of both, honestly. Um, So, you know, we talked about Park in the last segment. Mm -hmm. Um, I told you about how there's a finalist weekend Mm -hmm. every February in, uh, you know, where you come um, to the university just to get that exposure interview, of course. But um, I actually met one individual on that weekend who would end up 
largely influencing my decision to join the fraternity. Mm -hmm. um, and his name is Alvin Mutongi, but he's a Park Scholar in the class of 2023, and he also um, joined oh, his. Okay. Yeah, 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 you know Alvin. Yeah. Um, he also joined his freshman year, but I mean, um, he was the person that I shadowed that weekend. So like, I met him um, back in January, came to campus, shadowed him, like, did spend the night activities, which is something we do in Park. And so, you know, I feel like he's something I really trust, someone I really trusted back then, still trust now. Um, he's one of my biggest mentors um, okay. coming into state, especially once I knew I was coming here. Yeah. Um, you know, I saw when he crossed, I saw all of the amazing things that he was up to in the chapter. And then, you know, by virtue of knowing Kim, I got to meet a lot of the other brothers in the chapter who were all doing just, you know, incredibly phenomenal mm -hmm. things, you know, both in the chapter, but also in their respective um, fields of study and um, in their different areas of involvement on campus. So I would say that, you know, seeing him, you know, go through that process and um, he crossed in spring 20, so I was a year after him. Um, and okay. then just seeing him come in and how he was able to immerse himself, um, surround himself with like-minded individuals was, was really impactful to me. So you crossed as a sophomore? Freshman. Uh, freshman. Yeah. Okay, wow. So if someone was to ask you, maybe it's someone, you know, that's touring NC State. They're interested in all about it. You're talking about fraternity life. Yeah. They ask you, why Alpha? Why, mm. why would you become an Alpha? What would you say? Well, yeah, uh, the answer is different for every person mm -hmm. um, because it's obviously like a personal question that you mm -hmm. have to ask yourself. But for me, um, why Alpha? It's the the standard that they hold themselves to, that we hold ourselves to, mm -hmm. um, in terms of leadership, advocacy, service, involvement in the community. I mean, you just look at alpha men and they're literally, you know, all over the nation, all over the world doing incredible things. Um, and then you also have the historical aspect of it. Yeah. Um, you know, they have paved the way in so many like respects and so many regards just for a lot of the basic rights that we're able to enjoy today, you know involvement in the civil rights movement. Um, I don't even have to yeah. mention him, but Dr. Martin Luther King, yeah. like he was an alpha, um, you know, amazing people um, that um, both in past and present are, have done and continue to do incredible things. And I just think it's, um, it's a different caliber of leadership, okay. I would say. So can you talk about the, um, the commitment of service mm -hmm. that, you know, you and the brotherhood of, you know, being an alpha um, that you all have and what does that really look like yeah in terms definitely. Of service? yeah definitely so um, I feel like many people are inclined to view service from a very one-dimensional mm -hmm. um, sphere a lot of times but service can look like a lot of different things of course we do the traditional elements of service and you know we go out every month and we'll connect with other chapters or um, alum college chapters alumni chapters just to get out and be involved in the community that's pretty regular, but to us, service also looks like just being involved in the community, um, especially in the black community here at NC State. So um, we're very active. Um, we hold uh, programs across like a number of different areas of student interests and student involvement, like professional development, um, health awareness, um, raise money for charities. Uh, we just uh, did our polar plunge last month actually which mm -hmm. was <laughs> mm -hmm. no, very very tough but like we hit our goal and mm -hmm. um you know at least it's when i've been in the chapter there hasn't been a year that we haven't hit our goal so i think uh that's one thing that lends itself very well to our chapter just because we're full of 
a lot of very ambitious, high achieving brothers. And so um, as much as it's important for you to achieve, you know, what's important for you on a personal level in mm -hmm. terms of your goals, um, I think it's just as important to give back. And that's very much like the overarching sentiment within our chapter, but within Alpha as a whole as well. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So with becoming an Alpha, the pledging process, it kind of makes it looks like um, you guys are kind of going MIA. You kind of go missing for a little bit. And then we're not going to get into what goes on in the pledging process, but I am interested in knowing um, the purpose of the different stages of pledging. So like, you know, all the way from expressing interest mm -hmm. um, and then crossing and then, you know, moving on to having a leadership position within, you know, the brotherhood of being an alpha. So can right. you talk a little bit about um, the, the those purposes mm -hmm. and why they're kind of so important to becoming an alpha? Yeah, definitely. I mean, it is super, super intentional, like you were saying, from the moment that you even express interest. Right. Um, you know, and there is a certain way that you go about it. I'm not going to go like too yeah. much into that today, yeah. but it's all very intentional in the fact that um, you do, you pay deference and like mm -hmm. you pay respect to those like who have come before you mm -hmm. um, and who have paved the way for you, um, which is, you know, that's good um, and well, but the other aspect of it is, you know, that there really is a mentorship and uh, a learning role there because yeah. I mean, just some of the older brothers who've come through the chapter, it's been great for me to be able to see not only what they did in their time here in college, but how they've been able to leverage their experiences, their skills, um, their time within the chapter to go out and do other phenomenal things. I literally know I have a whole network of brothers yeah. just from like Ada Omicron that I could call on if I ever needed anything like all across the country. So it's very intentional um, in that it's meant to last you beyond just your time here in college. Mm -hmm. And that's I know something that's specific to NPHC and Black Greek Letter organizations in particular, but mm -hmm. once you join, it really is a lifelong thing, and uh, you're not gonna. I know me personally, I would never be able to like <laughs> shake my brotherhood. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Okay. So um, you kind of mentioned it earlier, but what does the history of the fraternity mean to you? Yeah. So Alpha Phi Alpha was established back in 1906 at Cornell University in Ithaca, New York. Obviously, very different times for people who look like me and you. Mm -hmm. um, very different lived experience, just a different reality in terms of the day-to-day -day of their life. So um, Alpha Phi Alpha was established because um, people that looked like us didn't have the opportunity to participate in social clubs or fraterni fraternal organizations. So it was really something that was made uh, by us for us. And I just think that, you know, starting from humble beginnings, it's really blossomed into something that is uh, um, like really beautiful mm -hmm. and just like the impact that we're able to have all across our communities. I mean, you look at from the business sector to the political sector, I mean, just people who are um, making change in so many respects. And um, that's significant to me just to see how far we've come to see, like I was talking about earlier, um, how instrumental, you know, not only Alpha, but, you know, many other Black Greek Letter organizations have been in the, uh, the fight for equal treatment, equal rights, and things of that nature, especially for black people. And to see that, you know, we're still fighting the good fight and, you know, advocating for these worthy issues is, mm -hmm. is huge. And um, 
I think the biggest part for me is being able to surround myself with like-minded individuals who, you know, share that same commitment to our communities and to, you know, the uplift, lo- uplift of mankind is um, huge for me. All right. Yeah. Well, there you have it, everybody. This is Timothy Reed, Student Body Vice President. Timothy, we're thankful to have you on the show today. We thank you for your participation and your questions that you've answered. And um, we look forward to everyone else having a chance to hear this. Before we let you go, we have to pick <laughs> your mind a little bit with some top takes. Everybody uh, goes through it. Yeah. We want you to really um, not take too long to think about your answer. Okay. If you have to, you can. Yeah. But if there's an answer that comes to the pop of your head, mm-hmm. just like that, go ahead and spit it out. We just want to pick your mind a little bit. Yeah. Is that all right? Yeah, that's cool. All right. Um, Question one, would you rather live by Hikuna, Hakuna Matata or YOLO? Hmm, Hakuna Matata. Hakuna Matata. Yeah. Uh, that's worry-free. What is it? Uh, no worries. No worries. Yeah. Forget your worries. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, go-kart or laser tag? Uh, go, go-kart for sure. Definitely go-kart. Why? Uh, it's just more fun. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. Need for speed? Need for speed, yeah. All right. I like driving fast things. Okay. Yeah. You can listen to three artists for the rest of your life? Only three. Who are they? It's mm. a tough question. Mm-hmm. I feel like, depending on how I answer, I could get a lot of hate. Yeah. <laughs> um, my top three would probably be J. Cole, mm-hmm. Usher, just because he's like timeless, transcends generations. Um, I said J. Cole, Usher, probably Kendrick. Mm. Okay. He's the GOAT of all time. GOAT of all time. Goat in terms of lyrics, mm-hmm. lyrical god. Okay. Yeah. And I'm sitting here because I'm thinking about. I want to answer this one too. Mm-hmm. Um. I'm gonna go with Michael Jackson number one. Mm. That's always been my guy. Mm. Jackson Five, but that's included. Oh yeah, um, for sure. That's I like cool. I like John Legend. I like John Legend. I actually debated saying him. I'm gonna throw him in there. Yeah, he's um, good. And then I'm gonna go with Aretha Franklin. Mm. Yeah, those, those would be my three. Those are good. They span different generations, but... Yeah, top think, tier. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. Um, you've been invited to a dinner, and you're responsible for the sides. Hmm. What two sides to, What two sides would you bring? Ooh, two sides? Yes, side dishes. Side dishes. Oh, that's, see, that's difficult. <laughs> yeah. Side dishes. Um... Mac and cheese can be a side, right? Yeah. Yeah, I would bring it. Oh, in. yeah. It, it's a side. Mac and cheese is a side. Okay. Yes. Okay. Because yeah. <laughs> I, I know some I know people some, debate yeah, that. Yeah, there's yeah. a debate. Yeah, no, it's a side. Okay, it's cool. Side. Yeah. Um, I would say a good baked mac and cheese. Um, hmm. Depending on the day, I like a nice shrimp side, too. Shrimp can be good mm. sometimes. Okay. Side side. Okay. Yeah. So you bring Fried mac and cheese and sh- okay. Yeah. I gotta go. It's incredibly basic, but mac and cheese and actually no 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 mac and cheese <laughs> and I'm bringing the sweet potato casserole. Oh, sweet potato yeah. casserole. I was gonna go collard greens, mm-hmm. but I like I like sweet potato casserole. Yeah. Um, I respect it. Yeah. I respect it. And then the last one, if there was one place you had to move to for work after school, so mm-hmm. after you graduate, you've gotten a job now, where would it be? Where would you go? Mm. You can't stay. Can't stay. Can't stay in Raleigh. Um, I've actually been thinking about this like pretty recently. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Obviously, going into senior year, mm-hmm. so it's a timely question. Um, it's just one place. Just one. <sighs> just one. 
Because there are a few places. I would probably say... Give me your top two. Give me your top two. Top two. Yeah. New York or Chicago. New York or Chicago. Yeah. Okay, so you like um, the big cities. Mm-hmm. Okay. You mentioned you were born in Chicago. Yeah. Okay. In New York. New York is one of those places, man. I love to visit. I don't know. <laughs> Couldn't live there. Yeah. I think no, I've said yeah. That. Yeah. No, the nice thing about Chicago, though, is that you get the major city, but I feel like you get the southern hospitality of, like, North Carolina. Because everyone there is, like, so nice, so friendly. I've never been to Chicago, okay. Oh, yeah, definitely. I have to add that to my list. Add it to the bucket list. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. okay. Well, that's all we have for you, Timothy. Once again, we thank you for being on the show. We thank you all for listening. We hope you enjoy, and we'll see you next time. Peace. TRIO Student Support Services Program and Student Support Services STEM are federally funded college retention and completion programs. These programs focus on academic, personal, and career support for under-resourced undergraduate students. At TRIO SSS and SSS STEM, our mission is helping our students to reach their goals. We are currently accepting new students to our program. Apply today. Go to www.ncsu.edu to learn more about student support services at NC State.